This is Patrick Daly and welcome to Interlinks. Interlinks is a program about connections, international business, supply chain and globalization and the effects these have had on our life, our work and our travel over recent times. Today we, on the show we'll be talking to Xavi Sanz, branch manager of the Huangzhou China office of Across Logistics. Xavi is originally from Barcelona in Spain and through his career has lived, studied or worked in several countries including the US, Denmark, Singapore and China. Likewise, Across Logistics, a Spanish logistics company providing services in air freight, sea freight, road freight and rail freight, uh, as well as customs brokerage, warehousing and distribution is truly international with offices or joint ventures uh, in Europe and Asia in countries such as the Netherlands, China, Cambodia, India, Indonesia, Malaysia, South Korea, Taiwan, Thailand and Vietnam. So given the challenges that both manufacturing and distribution companies have been experiencing in Europe, over the last year or so with their inbound logistics. I'm looking forward very much to finding out from Xavi what the latest developments are in this area and what businesses should be considering as they plan for 2022. So welcome Xavi and thank you very much for being here with us today. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, the pleasure is mine. You're very, you're very welcome. So to kick off Xavi, uh, could you tell me a little bit about your career to date? How did you go from studying economics at the University of Barcelona to running the branch office of an international logistics company in Huangzhou in China? Yes, uh, of course, Patrick. Uh, well, uh, as, as you said, I, I started, uh, I did my economics degree in the University of Barcelona. And previously I had the chance to, to study my last year of high school in in the US where I could learn you know, my, my English uh, when I was 17. And then while doing my, my economics degree, I had the opportunity also to, to do an Erasmus in, in Berlin, in Germany for one year to, to learn German. And then also six months in Switzerland, in Freiburg on the French, on the French side of, of Switzerland. And well, after finishing my, my economics degree, I just landed, I don't know how, into the logistics field, which I had completely no idea mm. about it, right? So I landed in a, in a leading, one of the leading logistics companies uh, by the time, uh, 12, 13 years ago uh, in Barcelona, where I, where I worked there for, for one year. And after that, uh, I got uh, some some scholarship from the Spanish government, uh, IFEX. And I had the chance to, to study six months in Madrid, then work on the Spanish embassy in Denmark uh, for one year, and then also moved to Singapore uh, to work for one year, which was one of my, my dreams uh, by the time to, to work and live in Asia, right? But this is back in, back in uh, yeah, more than 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And after after that period, uh, Patrick, in 2010, I had the pleasure uh, to join Anchor Logistics, uh, where I'm working right now, a company made of, you know, by three people, only three people by the time in 2010. And since then, the idea was to open the, the office already in China. That was my, you know, that was my duty to come from Singapore to to Spain to open later in, in China, but uh, it, it wasn't possible for, for the next six years because we couldn't find the, the right partner to, to open in China. And it wasn't until 2016 that we could open. And then 2017, I came to Hangzhou, a city between Shanghai and Ningbo to open the branch uh, by myself. 
and and here I am uh, uh, fighting uh, <laughs> against everyone. <laughs> Excellent. So tell me then a little bit about the business of Across Logistics. What are the main activities of the business in general and there at the Guangzhou office in, in China? And what kind of clients do you have? Yes, Patrick, we are, we are what, what it's called the freight, freight forwarder, freight forwarder, okay? We are, we are, mm-hmm. a, we are a logistics company that, that what we do is we ship cargo by sea and by air. You know, when it goes by sea, it's by containers. Usually we do also brake bulk and other type of movements, but by sea and then by, by air, okay? It's, it's, a very, it's a very traditional old style business, you know, to transport things from point A to, to point B. There is, there is no secret on that, right? And, and well, our, our customers, mainly our customers are, are, you know, small and medium companies, small and medium companies. At, at the end, at the end of the day, I come, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Spanish, our headquarters are in Spain. And, and as you know, you, you, you know, very well, also Spain, um, 90, I would say 98 to 99% of the companies in Spain are small and medium enterprises. So, you know, our company, our customers are also small companies, although, although during the last, uh, I would say during the last two years, um, more and more, you know, like bigger companies that are not finding, you know, the right solutions or the right alternatives into logistics, uh, you know, into logistics uh, industry with, uh, with our competitors, you know, they, they, they knock on our doors and they come to us to, to find, you know, to find some, if, if there is an option, right? And nowadays, I'm 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 proud to say that we work, you know, with the small companies, but also with uh, some some big companies. Mm-hmm. Where did the motivation or ambition come from in across to go to Asia and actually have an office in China? Well, that's a good one, uh, Patrick. Uh, actually, uh, we started in, in Spain, and most of our, you know, most of our business it comes from China, right? Uh, most of our customers, you know, they import from China, right? And there was, a, there was a, you know, China has been, you know, has been here, you know, for a while already. But, but it has been always very, very important, right? I would say that China, uh, there is a big, you know, there is a, there is a, there is a busy, there is a busy road in Barcelona called uh, Paseo de Gracia. Paseo de Gracia, it's a commercial street in Barcelona. Mm-hmm the same like uh, Ramblas, okay, where is a very, very busy, it's a very busy commercial street, right? Uh, if you, if you, Patrick, if you put, if you put a store in Paseo de Gracia or you put a store or restaurant in La Ramblas, mm-hmm. I don't know if you will make business or no, but I can guarantee you that you will have a flow of potential customers going through your door, right? So as a logistics company, as a logistics company that we are, having, uh, you know, having an office in, in China, it brings, you know, a, a huge potential, you know, uh, um, to, you know, to increase your your services, right? Uh, for mm-hmm. us, it was not an option. It was uh, it was mandatory that the logistics company like us, with a very international view, we had to open to China. To you know, we had to open to China to be present in China to know what's going on in China. You know, from firsthand uh, to help our customers in Spain, right? And then from from here also offer other services right because while while you open here in china 
you can expand and extend your services and not focus only on on scale. I see. So, and then as someone from Spain, what kind of cultural differences and similarities have you encountered while working in Asia? And what have you had to do yourself in order to adapt to those uh, differences? Yes, I'm, 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 I'm still on my process to adapting, uh, Patrick. I'm still on my process to adapting, okay, and since, <laughs> since I arrived to this wonderful country. And I think I will be adapting here for, you know, for the rest of my life, you know. Mm-hmm. And China, China, uh, China and Europe, let's say China and Spain, okay, but I would say China and Europe, right, uh, or Asia. Uh, there are huge differences on, 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 on terms of cultural and I think that this is one of the key points why uh, some foreign managers like myself comes from headquarters to, to you know, to overseas, right? Uh, mm-hmm. One of the points, of course, is to, you know, expand our... Also to reduce this culture impact. One, one of the examples always I say, right? Um, for example... For example, we receive, you know, we receive, we receive uh, an order. For example, we receive an order in Spain. Uh, please contact this supplier. He has some cargo. Blah 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 blah. Right. So our team in in across China immediately they would contact the supplier and check the status of the cargo and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. But for example, the supplier it might take maybe one day or two days sometimes, you know, to reply. Or we might take one or two days to get the full, you know, the full information, right? And and from the Chinese point of view, if if we don't have information to give, they would not reply, you know, the customers in the overseas, right? Because we have no information to give. So because we have no new information to give, mm-hmm. we don't reply, right? While well, the Spanish, you know, the, 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 our Spanish office or, you know, our, our customers in Spain, you know, due to the big uh, difference, you know, time, time zone difference, you know, they wake up at seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning, expecting, right, expecting some news from us, right? Like, well, you know, let's see if, if, if Akers Logistics contact or not contact, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I've noticed that, you know, I've noticed that at the beginning, maybe we wouldn't reply on time, you know, because there was no news. So we have been working towards this direction, right? Although there is no news, people likes to know that there is no news, you know? So that's uh, one of the big uh, cultural gaps we, we had here. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of, uh, lots of uh, tricky differences that are sometimes uh, uh, difficult to, uh, to process. Isn't that right? Yes. And uh, in, in Europe then, uh, over the last year or so, we've seen rates for 40-foot containers coming from China jumping from maybe $1,000, $2,000 to anything between, I don't know, $14,000, $20,000. How did this situation uh, come about? And what do you think are the main contributing factors? Yes, it's it's right, Patrick. Uh, we, we saw in 2018, you know, rates uh, yeah, around 1,000 per container. And and everything started uh, during uh, during the pandemic, right? I would say everything started in March, April, and May, two thousand twenty. I think uh, nineteen. I don't remember when when the all the outbreak, right? Uh, when all the people was at home, right, and and couldn't go out, couldn't travel, couldn't 
couldn't go to the restaurant, you know, couldn't spend money on services. What people did with all my respects, you know, uh, a part of suffering, of course, because it, it has been hard for all of us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's sitting at home, you know, and and spending money online, right? In Amazon and all those things, right? And many people also had to move, right? Office and to work at home, right? So right. because they work at they work at home, they buy, you know, they buy a new chair, they buy a new a new um, new table, right? They buy a new laptop, they buy a new computer, right? And also people spending, right? more time at home you know they see the bathroom they see this you know this toilet is not good so they start to fix the house right all these small things that you didn't do right that you expect to do it on on the summer right and 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 now you're sitting there every day your cities you know you see this dirty wall right this this hole in your in your wall you want to fix it right so during those during that period patrick the demand increased a lot on 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 the products right mm-hmm. and this demand this demand uh, was was shifted to the production in asia okay and and don't forget also patrick that during that time of pandemia march april may the shipping lines who are making lots of money right now i'm hoping to say that um they suffer a lot also you know they suffer a lot because the you know the international trade dropped down dramatically i mean it was amazing it, i mean it went to- down and and the, you know the shipping lines they had to take out the vessels they had to take out the vessel just park it you know in the ports because uh, there was too much vessels on that, right? Mm-hmm. So when when the business start to recover after a couple of months, let's say June, June, July, August, um, some of the vessels they were out, right? So imagine that you are a shipping line, Patrick. You have some vessels, and and you are making money. You know you are making money with with the existing vessels that you have, and you have, you know. 20% of your fleet or 30% of your fleet is just parked in the in the port, right? And yeah. the, you see that the, the prices starts going up and up and up and up because there's increase on demand and there's a shortage of supply, right? The, you, Patrick, as, as a shipping line owner, you have no incentive at all. You have no incentive at all, Patrick, to bring out those vessels who are not working to bring them on the sea. You have no, you know, you have no motivation at all because if you bring more vessels, what you do is to increase the supply, right? And if you increase the supply of a space, the, the price of the containers goes down, right? So at the end, it's, uh, I would say it's, it's, it's a mix of things what happened. The, the demand, the international demand increased a lot, increased a lot, uh, Patrick. Um, oh, the COVID-19, it's true, that is hitting hard, uh, you know. Uh, there are a lot, of, uh, there are a lot of restrictions on the ports. You know, there are there are some ports are working at fifty percent of the capacity, right? And and the vessels they take, I don't know, they take maybe ten days, fifteen days to unload, Patrick. So why should you take out vessels out in the sea, and while you see that to unload, you know, in Rotterdam or Southampton, you know. Or Felix Stowe, you need to wait for 15 days. You have no motivation to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. So at the end, it's it's a mix mix of things uh, of happen, and I think there are some forces in the market that do not want you know the prices to to go back 
what it was in, in 2018. 93.9, Dublin South FM. So yeah, so this doesn't really augur very well for the future. So what do you think will happen with ocean freight rates through 2022 and beyond? I I would uh, I would be a bit pessimistic on that, uh, Patrick, or, or, or realistic at the same time. And I think I think that it probably will be hard to see those twenty thousand you know twenty thousand euros uh, twenty thousand US dollars uh, uh, per container that we saw to Felixstow uh, in this year. I think it will be hard to see again. Uh, or 25,000 we see from China to, you know, to some parts of the U.S. Mm-hmm. But on the same time, I think it will be impossible to see the, you know, to, to, to see those rates drop to 2,000. I think that uh, rates might go down a little bit still, but uh, will keep high. You know, uh, we, we saw an increase of, you know, the prices went 10 times up, you know, 10 times up. I think that for this 2022, the, the the prices will go, you know, will still be like five times up what it was in 2000 in 2018. I think, Patrick, as I was commenting to you, uh, there are many interests in the international trade, and not only shipping lines. Uh, there are many interests that that the prices do not go down, you know, and and on the moment that they go down, uh, you know, the market will readjust maybe. And it's very easy to to bring them up again, you know. Yeah. So this, um, I've seen some clients here shifting their sourcing decisions, um, say from different parts of Asia, maybe to closer to home, to Russia, to Ukraine, to Turkey, to Morocco, or maybe some of my American uh, clients looking at at Mexico. And that's um, a trend, I think, that was underway before COVID due to environmental, technological, and geopolitical factors, a sort of regional reconfiguration of supply chains. Is this a, a trend that you have noticed uh, from your vantage point in in China, and where do you see this going in the future? Yes, Patrick, I've seen I've seen this, and I think that this this topic has been, you know, for for as you said, it was previous, you know, pre COVID. This topic has been, you know, for for many years, uh, Patrick. You know, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, it's it's like all of us. Oh, we should do this. We should do this. We should do this. But we never do it, right? I think the the globalization is you know it's globalization is 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 a present right now, and of course of course it's 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 normal that many companies many companies they suffer a lot about about that and they are suffering a lot, and and it's normal it's normal that uh, many companies they look for an alternative right uh, for suppliers you know um, who are near their you know their their headquarters right i think that um for some companies it can be good of course it can be good it can be feasible it can be workable it's true it's true but uh, you know all the industrial areas and everything they, they, they are not born from one day to another right i mean mm-hmm. as uh, you know as 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 we move on you know china China is so far, you know, it's 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 going in a so high speed, so high speed. It's, you know, they have been growing so much lately, and we have seen like many, for example, in Europe, right? We have seen many companies in Europe that you know that they close, right? Or in Morocco also, right? 
th- there are many factories also that they left Morocco, right? So it's 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 difficult that now, now you want you know all of a sudden, right? You want to find a you know you want to find a supplier in Morocco. Well, you didn't buy you know you didn't buy to Morocco for the last ten years, right? And now you expect that to find this same product that you want in Morocco, right? While maybe that area is no longer there, right? So what I want to say is that um, it can be it can be workable for some companies, uh, Patrick, but I think it's a bit it's it's a bit difficult, right? And and on top of that, I'm seeing here in China that China has the capacity has the capacity of production. So one thing is. If you can find the same product in another place, which it can be, the other thing is, are they able to produce the quantities that you want? Uh, do they have the do they have the production uh, levels that you request? That's that's another point, right? So it's not only finding a new supplier, but it's also making sure that they can produce and they can deliver the product that you want. Yeah, it's not a simple question. There's lots of factors to consider. So what, what do you think should be the main factors to consider for company owners and managers when developing their logistic strategies for the future, say for next year and for beyond? I would, uh, well, this is my humble advice, advice uh, because I'm, I'm no one to give, I'm no one to give advices to too many managers. But uh, well, I would say to, to just to focus on on two things, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing is uh, to work more closely on the so with the suppliers. Okay, to work more closely with the suppliers. Um, I think that all of us are suffering. Okay, I think it's it's very important to to work with your suppliers. Uh, Sometimes we look for different, you know, oh, I'm going to buy this in the supplier. I'm going to buy this in another supplier. Uh, it's good to diversify the risk. It's good. It's good not to have all the eggs in the same basket. I agree on that. Uh, I think it's important, for example, not to have, you know, all the, you know, all the supply, for example, in China, right? For example, right? And and this point could be good that, that, that you mentioned to look for an alternative, okay? But uh, Saying that, I think it's important to work closely with your suppliers, uh, talk to them, uh, listen to them, and you know, tell them what is your forecast and everything, right? So, so work good with your suppliers because most of us we depend on them, right? And the second thing, uh, Patrick, is the the price of the logistics. Uh, as I commented to you before, I think the price of the logistics uh, will keep up already. People knows that. People know that. I think that by the time right now, I think that uh, all companies should have updated their selling prices, you know, because the logistics went up. I think that at the first stage, many companies, they absorb this, you know, they absorb this uh, this increase in the logistics because they were not able, right, to, to, to increase the price. But come on, Patrick, uh, 2022, it's, you know, it's a new year. Uh, it's it's it, it's it's a moment to you know to update the prices and and this increase in the logistics you should put it on your PNL right and and put it on the right on on your product right on on your cost forecast right and and once once you put this cost and it and this cost is part of your cost in, of the product and the market can accept it then just forget about logistics because logistics will be high anyways right so just focus on what you do best. 
Yeah, yeah. So it'll be a case of, as you say in Spain, uh, new year, new life, right? Yes, yes, yes. Ex exactly. New year, new life. New year, life. yes. <laughs> So uh, as we uh, as we come to the end of the uh, interview, Xavi, uh, it's been really interesting. I think we'll we'll change gears here a little and maybe just ask you some questions about yourself. So uh, living in 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 Huangzhou, uh, as you do, what kind of things do you like to do in your spare time when you're not working? Yes, uh, when I'm not working, which is uh, unfortunately it's not that much time, Patrick. <laughs> Because, you know, we work in logistics and, and, and people are expecting, you know, and, and working globally, right? Uh, you have customers in Europe, you have customers in Latin America, right? And, and when customers in Latin America, they wake up, it's already eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night here, and they expect some, you know, to reply something, right? So I'm, you know, I would say I'm a gentle guy, you know, so I think it's always nice to reply sometimes, right? So anyways, uh, jokes aside, jokes aside, uh, I'm a very familiar guy, uh, Patrick, I... I'm a father of, of three kids, uh, wonderful kids. Uh, I'm here with my wife, who is also working. And, well, my time, you know, my free time is spending with my kids. Uh, with my kids, uh, I try to do some sports, but I do it on my lunchtime, you know, so mm -hmm. so I can, you know, I take, I take advantage. And and my free time, I spend it with, with my kids, uh, Patrick. Excellent. So, and are you reading or listening to anything at the moment, you know, audiobooks, podcasts, and so on that, you know, are inspiring you and that you would recommend to, to listeners? Yes, I, I'm always, yeah, I'm trying always to be updated. I like, uh, basically, I like a lot, uh, all those topics about sales. I like it. And I also like uh, the topic about China, right? Uh, and related to that, I would. I, I'm. I'm reading right now one of the one of the guides uh, from D Daniel Disney. Uh, he's 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 a sales guy in LinkedIn. It's the book is called the Ultimate Link LinkedIn Sales. It's a book about you know. It's a book about. I don't know if you heard. It's a book about uh, sales, right? And and how to take advantage of LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is a very good platform nowadays. It's very professional, and I think it's very useful, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Now on this online, online, right? So I'm trying to learn a little bit more, be more present on the net, and uh, be there. And then one one other book I'm also reading, but this is I'm taking this more, you know, more more calm. It's um, it's called the Governance of China from Xi Jinping. It's a, well, it's a, it's a book about about some of the of the talks of Xi Jinping, the the president of China, and and, and while reading the book, you can you know this uh, you you can see and you can imagine what will be China in the next years, right? Because uh, China in China. China is a country where they plan things. It's 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 so huge country that they need to plan things, right? And they don't plan things from, you know, from one year to another, like it's in Spain, for example, or the Western countries. You know, these guys they are these guys they are doing like a, a ten to thirty years, you know, plans, right? So, yeah. so uh, they they have a really have they have a really long term view, right? A long term vision on, on the country and, and and everything right so it's 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 a very interesting book that it, it's teaching you what will happen on the on the next years okay and how can listeners find out more about across logistics and the services that you provide whether in in europe or in asia yes uh, you can always uh, reach me also always in linkedin uh, patrick as you know chavi 
Chavi Sanz, um, or also in our website, three W's across logistics.com, or my email, Xavier, X A V I E R, at across logistics.com. Or if not, uh, Patrick, they can always contact you, right? And sure. feel free to, to connect me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So thank you very much, Shavi. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, wish you every success personally and professionally in the future. Thank you. Thank you very much, Patrick. And pleasure was mine, mate. Thanks to our listeners also for tuning in. And uh, with any comments or questions, drop me a line on pdaily at albalogistics.com. So keep well and stay safe until next time. Bye.